listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking to pediatrician Dr. Patrick Hip. Now, he's a clinical associate professor from the Department of Pediatrics and Adolescence Medicine at the University of Hong Kong. Dr. Patrick Hip is also one of the awardees of the 2020 Hong Kong Humanity Award, which is co-organized by the Hong Kong Red Cross and RTHK. Welcome on the program, Dr. Ip, and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon and a big congratulations on your award. What a great achievement. Good afternoon, Noreen. Such a pleasure checking with you. Yes, and as a pediatrician, Dr. Patrick Ip's ambition is not only to cure seriously ill children with his excellent medical skills, but also to prevent its occurrence in the first place through the use of scientific research. And he also believes that it is vital to enable children equal opportunity to have a healthy life to which they can pursue their dreams. And Dr. Ip joins us on Facebook. You can join us there as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get the video working. But for now, uh, we'll revert back to the good old radio. You'll be able to hear the interview on Facebook. Now, first of all, let's talk about um, why did you choose to become a pediatrician of all the fields of, of, uh, of medicine? Oh, indeed, that's an excellent question. Now, you know, when I uh, designed uh, uh, my career development in the field of pediatrics, obviously, uh, it's because I love children. But uh, also because of the fact that uh, during the time when we decided uh, to choose medicine, I think uh, one of the goals is trying to help all those in need and to alleviate some of their sufferings. And also to a certain extent, because of my uh, personal experience, uh, actually my mom passed away when I was a young child. So I think uh, having a very uh, cheerful environment and also with all those sufficient support is the most important and critical moment. Uh, helping a child to live a, a very successful and also a very fruitful life. So I think uh, it is particularly important that uh, uh, based on my personal experience, uh, having suffering from some illness in the early childhood, if there's uh, somehow to have a good support, particular with very friendly pediatricians supporting the need of the children at the very beginning, it would make a uh, huge huge difference in terms of the life development. Yeah, and she would have been very proud of all your achievements and, and, and this one, I'm sure. Um, so. As a pediatrician, um, uh, you are an advocate for early intervention services. Let's talk yeah. about that. I mean, how can early intervention really change a child's developmental path? Oh, it really matters. Now, you know, uh, how a human is being shaped, uh, character, uh, capacity of uh, doing different kinds of jobs and also uh, their attitude towards life actually is heavily being influenced by the early life experience. Now, myself is a neurologist, so you know uh, brain science is something so fascinating. That's also one of the reasons why, besides a clinician, I'm also particularly interested to do brain research. Now, what we understand from the neuroscience is that a brain is actually something that could be changed by a relationship and by experience in the early life. So that's why uh, when we are facing those uh, children from those uh, disadvantaged backgrounds, if we could give a hand, for example, to help them to live a more healthy life, alleviate uh, all the sufferings related to medical diseases, and also provide a more stimulating environment with uh, good uh, friends, teachers, and a rich learning environment, actually it would be very important and uh, helpful in terms of uh, pays a much better track for their long-term development. 
So that's why our previous experience of identifying those at disadvantaged children at the very beginning, particularly supporting those needy children and families, would actually result in very fruitful outcome in terms of both the development and their better health. There's almost like a golden period where you need to catch it early. The trouble is for many of these disadvantaged uh, children who come from disadvantaged backgrounds is that the parents and their caregivers are very busy, maybe just to make ends meet, maybe just to provide um, food on the table. It's not always easy for them to 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 catch um, the things early enough. So how, you know, as a medical practitioner, how do you help them uh, identify these early uh, issues? You're so correct, Lorraine. You know, the engagement of all those families are particularly challenging. Now, based on experience, because we have a luxury being doctors and also a pediatrician, most of the uh, teachers and also those parents are rather friendly to us. And there are many things that we could help and then give uh, advice. So because of that platform, we were quite able to assess those needy families at the very beginning. Uh, Some of them are through the schools, some of them are through health settings, so that we will be able to identify those that are a little bit delay in the development and also those that who have uh, some uh, insufficiency in parenting and unhealthy lifestyle so we will try our best to package uh, all those changes in a more structured and evidence-based way in order to improve the well-being of those children in the longer run. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, we are pursuing actually some larger scale early intervention project in the community, not just in hospital, but also in the different disadvantaged communities in order to change uh, the long-term path of our children. Yeah. How early is early intervention? And for, for some parents, maybe they don't even realize there's a delay. Maybe for them, yeah. it's, um, you know, yeah. they don't recognize it because they don't know what, what the milestones are. So let, let's talk about that. How, how can we really focus on early detection for caregivers? That's right. You know, our, our brain development actually starts during pregnancy. So that's why having a healthy and uh, resourceful pregnancy is already so important. But usually we define early brain development uh, according to our experience, that is uh, those before eight years old. So early childhood, kindergarten students and junior primary school would be the critical golden opportunity for us to intervene. Yeah, let's talk about some of your studies. I, I know you you do a lot of studies on this, and in particular, yeah. you, you've developed something called the One Click Platform. Um, tell us a yeah. little bit more about that, and and how does it work, and and how can caregivers use it? Yes, you know, One Click is actually an online platform that we started uh, around twelve years ago. Now that's the time when. Uh, internet become much more uh, popular and we realize that professionals, particularly those teachers and medical uh, providers, they are still not uh, certain about their existing service, particularly what would be the most updated evidence in order to provide necessary intervention for disabled children. So that's why we collaborate, uh, not just in the health sectors, but also with our close collaborators in special education, social service and other service providers to build up a new platform called One Click under Hong Kong U. Okay, so you could also click oneclick.hku.hk and you will access to all those updated information about the evidence, uh, effective interventions, as well as those service and support available for disabled children in Hong Kong. So actually it would be quite relevant to most parents and teachers. Yeah, and it sounds really handy also because a lot of times if you have a child with extra education needs, there's so much information. You don't know which department to go to, social welfare, hospital authority, there are organizations and it's very handy to have a platform that offers you a lot of relevant information. 
That's right. Yes. Um, as a pediatrician, <laughs> you're so busy and, and you focus on research as well. Um, how do yeah. you use your role um, as a pediatrician w- with social issues and also social policies? You know, I really treasure the chance of uh, being myself a pediatrician, uh, not just looking after, but also playing with all those lovely kids every day. Uh, at the same goal, uh, what we understand is that policy is so important. So if uh, actually the government planning and also the professional stakeholders, uh, if we could motivate them to think about the importance of early childhood, to provide sufficient resources to those as their children, or to plan for evidence-based interventions, then all those policies actually could make a difference in our next generation. Uh, one very good example is uh, one recent uh, community-based intervention program called Key Steps. It's a key step project under the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Actually, we collaborate uh, with our uh, service partner, including the Boys and Girls Health Association of Hong Kong and Hong Kong Christian Service. And then under the support of Hong Kong Jockey Club, we actually visit thousands of families in Shum Bo and Tin Wai, two very disadvantaged districts, and provide early parenting and schooling intervention service. So we build up a very beautiful community platform. Uh, we hope in long term we will follow up those children and then witness some already very fruitful outcomes in terms of behaviors and learning among those children. Yeah, what sorts of behavioral problems do you see um, exist? Yeah. And are, are children from disadvantaged groups more prone to behavioral problems? Yeah, in general, you know, uh, because of the different environments in the schools as well as the families, those children are a little bit more vulnerable to suffering from problems like hyperactivity, inattention, and also different sorts of emotional or conduct disorders. So in longer run, yeah, uh, you know, in the number one, uh, actually, they would be, have some peer relationship issues and also the, their abilities to adopt to a certain sustained task would be less favorable than their counterpart. But all those uh, hyperactive or uh, inattentive behaviors, they have an uh, origin. So that's why if we could identify those problems early enough, we will be able to provide effective intervention as well as uh, to have some very successful measure to prevent the occurrence of all those problems. Now, like lifestyles, Sleep deprivation, overuse of digital devices, uh, poor parenting, and particular when those children are exposed to maltreatment issues, all those are preventable factors that would be helpful to alleviate in terms of their long-term behavior outcome. Yeah, it sounds like it's not only children who need the intervention, sometimes parents do as well. You know, Hong Kong is quite a stressful society and, and people have to work really long hours um, in Hong Kong. And a lot of times adults have mood disorders and sometimes that trickle down, uh, trickles down to their families and, and affects their parenting also. That's so correct. I think uh, the family-based and the parenting approach would be the most important. But at the same time, I, I do think our schools in Hong Kong still need a lot of support. So that's why we really hope through our evidence, we could motivate the stakeholders and the government to invest more resources to support the development of our early childhood education. Yeah. Could you share any stories or any of your experience with some of the children that you've worked with and how you've seen um, early intervention has made a difference in their behavior and also uh, their life? Yeah, we, we do actually manage uh, those young children coming from relatively deprived families. Parents uh, both are working and then do not have uh, too much insight on what would be the best way of handling those emotion and behavioral issues of young children. So, and also sometimes even do not have very, uh, sufficient choices of nutritional products, lacking of a uh, uh, regular and healthy lifestyle. But with auto support, uh, we have different programs, like uh, at the very beginning from zero to three years old, we have an early intervention program called Community, uh, 
Comprehensive Child Development Service (CCDS). We are using the Maternal Child Health Center platform to uh, follow up and also to support all those uh, relatively deprived families. Uh, and after that, actually, those development and those behavior of those kids uh, improved quickly. And with auto stimulation and effective intervention at the very beginning, those uh, developmental profiles and the behavioral risks have been much improved after that. And the project that I just mentioned to you, uh, key steps, actually we have managed uh, over a thousand uh, kindergarten students in the past two years. They already realized a lot of very fruitful outcomes with the improvement of the parenting capacities, uh, much higher motivation of children participating in reading, and a lot of parent-child interactive activities, also with alleviation of parental stress and improvement of mental health among those family members. So all those are very obvious outcomes that we are so happy to witness. That's great. One thing that struck me as you were saying parent-child relationships, of course in Hong Kong we have this unique sort of childcare setting where a lot of the times both parents have to work so the children are sort of left under the care of either domestic workers or perhaps mm. even grandparents. So grandparents yeah. also have a big role to play in the development yeah. of children and, and a different generation as well. Sort of a, uh, So, I mean, are there any workshops for, for grandparents to to, to hone in this. We, we, do, we do, we do. You know, uh, grandparenting is a big topic and is a particular rich culture in uh, Chinese and also Asian families, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I was and raised by my grandmother as well. You are so lucky. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, uh, we, we very love, actually, very devoted grandparents spending all their efforts and time bringing up our young kids, which is definitely a good thing. But at the same time, we need to support also the physical and mental well-being of those grandparents. Uh, uh, sharing with them some tips about the effective parenting because they are not just as big grandparents, they are also being parenting, right? And at the same time, also uh, supporting all those medical and health knowledge, how to improve the nutrition and the lifestyles of those young kids. So our previous experience is that uh, effective grandparenting would be very helpful, but don't re uh, actually uh, forget that the role of parents is still critical. So you must spend sufficient amount of good quality parent-child time and good interactive activity with your kids before you can expect actually a good long-term outcome. Mm -hmm. So in general, we think that the time that's spent by the parents uh, could not be avoided. Yeah. Have you, as a pediatrician, have you seen a shift in mentality towards early intervention? Maybe before people didn't, parents perhaps thought there was a bit of a stigma, you know, if there's something wrong with my child and maybe they don't want to seek help. But nowadays, are parents sort of more uh, open to the fact that, you know, maybe there's something, um, uh, there's a delay with my child, I need to seek help. Do, do you see a shift in that? Yes, exactly. You know, uh, the culture actually has changed a lot in the past 10 years. Uh, if you're talking about at the time when I just graduated and then tried to help all those uh, young parents, uh, they actually are a little bit reluctant and would not be so adapted to the uh, new changes and then the new program. But now actually many of them are looking for effective programs. So I think uh, all those culture actually now allowed those parents to get in hold of more resources. But at the same time, they don't have the mentality or the ability to differentiate which part, which program are good and then which are evidence-based. So that's why uh, if the government could support uh, the community to run some more evidence-based program, like high-quality parenting program, effective reading program, that would be particularly useful for uh, young parents coming from a disadvantaged uh, background.
Yeah. Finally, um, Doctor, I want to ask you, you know, a lot of the times children don't like going to see doctors or don't like, yeah, um, <laughs> they get scared. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's a reason. As a pediatrician, yeah. how do you sort of form that rapport with them? How, how do you form a, a good, establish a good yeah, relationship? Yeah, yeah. Very good question. <laughs> yeah, that's why I need to train myself and my and also my colleagues to be pediatrician, right? I think the situation should be better with pediatrician. Uh, at least our, our look are more friendly, <laughs> maybe a little bit more lovely. Okay, and then uh, we have the tricks. Okay, because we we are actually uh, making the environment more user friendly, and then to let the child to actually get use of the uh, hospital environment through toys. Uh, through the different uh, interactive skills. And also we always encourage the parents and then the uh, most familiar teachers and then child care to stay with them. So that's why uh, we let the child to get familiar with the environment. And most of the time they are they are the ones who are not willing to leave our clinics or they would be so happy to join the stay in hospitals that they would actually engage in most of our activities. Yeah, fantastic. Dr. Ip, I really enjoyed talking to you this afternoon. Finally, how do you feel about, I mean, 2020 has been a, a challenging year. Um, it's yeah. a memorable year for sure, and, and definitely exactly. one for you uh, for, for, yeah. for winning this award. Um, how do you feel, and is there anybody you want to thank in particular um, upon winning this award? I'm sure yeah, so you, many you, people... Already... You know, 2020 is a, such a special year, okay? To start with, Hong Kong is facing so many uh, chaotic situations. And then with all those COVID-19 measures, um, I think we must thank actually all our colleagues, including our healthcare professionals and the education colleagues who devote all their time, take their risk, and then even give up some of their pressurable time with staying with the families to complete to all those service. And to myself, actually, I find it such a big blessing that we are able to contribute a little bit more during this challenging time. Yeah. So we are looking forward to actually join hands with all of you in order to promote the well-being of our kids in the next generation in the coming year. Well said, Dr. Patrick Hip, and really we rely on people like you dedicating and devoting your lives to really help people, the disadvantaged people in our in our community. So thank you so much and congratulations uh, once again uh, on your award for the 2020 uh, Hong Kong Humanity Award, uh, which is organized by the Hong Kong Red Cross and RTHK. Many thanks once again for your time. It's such an honor. And I look forward to thank chatting you, with you another time. Thank you very much indeed. Take care. Wish you all the best.